Welcome to Basically Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Schuster, and I'm so excited to share stories and interviews with you each week with those who are basically famous in my life. I believe these extraordinary people have great stories to tell, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Friends, welcome back to another episode of Basically Famous. We're so glad you found your way here, and we're so glad to have Heather Welpert joining us today, already stumbling over my words. And Heather and I met when we were at Tarleton. We were both involved in the Ag Communicators of Tomorrow, and I've just followed you since then. And now I consider you an influencer or a content creator, whatever term you want to use, but you have a huge presence on social media. You have a very unique sense of style, including great accessories and bright colors. And so I would love to get into that a little later, but to start off, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, I love that you mentioned bright colors as I'm wearing all the colors of the rainbow or most of them. Um, so my name is Heather Welfer. Like Tyler said, I graduated from Tarleton State University. Feels like eons ago back in 2018 with a degree in agriculture communications. Um, during my time there, I was in at the agriculture communicators of tomorrow and I was president for one year, I believe. But honestly, like that was so long ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I can't even remember. Um, so after I graduated from Tarleton, I started working um, for Cultivate Agency, which is an agriculture marketing agency. We used to be located in Justin, and now we're all remote. I am our production manager. Um, and with working remote, I get the opportunity to do lots of other cool things, like my Magnolia business that I own with my mom. So I'm constantly traveling for that. And also my content creation, or whatever you want to call it. Um, my husband and I own and operate a show cattle operation. We mostly do club calf Herefords and a little bit, we started dabbling in the purebred Hereford thing. Um, I'm a red Angus girl myself or used to be. So crossing over to the red and whites from the straight reds has been different, but I love it. The association is wonderful and the people are wonderful. So it has been great. And you can find way more accessories with Hereford cattle on them than you can with red Angus cattle. So even better for me. Um, we have four dogs, too many, <laughs> um, and we are currently building our forever home. So that's a little bit about me. Well, I didn't know you were Red Angus girl. You have always been a Hereford girl in my mind, and maybe it's because you love Hereford accessories. So I'm so glad to know that. <laughs> but talking about MagnaWave, what is that? How did you get into that? All the time you get asked that on TikTok and Instagram. So kind of what is it? What's the goal of it? And how did you decide to start doing it? So that is definitely my like number one asked question, no matter what, on every platform is what is MagnaWave and why do you do it? How I got into it. So MagnaWave is MagnaWave PEMF, which is Pulse Electromagnetic Field Therapy. It essentially, I tell everybody, it kind of feels like a TENS unit because everybody wants to know what it feels like. And it just helps relieve inflammation, helps get rid of like, or helps speed up the process of healing all that fun jazz. I actually got into it, total like God thing. Um, my mom is a barrel racer. We won't call her a Betty, but I don't do horses. So, um, and so she does hair full time and she wanted to have something to retire on. 
and to do her own horses because barrel horses are constantly getting hurt. So she bought a MagnaWave machine. And when you get certified through PEMF and buy or MagnaWave PEMF and buy a machine, then you can uh, certify two people under you for your business. And she kept pushing me to do it. And I was like, mom, these cattle people are not going to spend the money to get their livestock MagnaWave. This was back before MagnaWave was even really what it is anymore or it is now. And she was like, you, you need to do it. Just do it. And so I took a leap of faith and I paid my whatever, $75 or however much it is to take the course and passed and whatever. And then immediately that summer, we had some friends that were like, yeah, let's do it. Calvin would go clip. And they were like, oh, come on, let's see. We've heard about it. We want to try it out. And then I'd have barnfuls and I'd do 17 in a weekend and just a crazy success that I never imagined having. And I'm just so blessed that it has turned into what it has turned into. But it's great because it allows me to haul with Calvin all over and make a little money instead of just sitting there watching him clip. <laughs> well, you wear many hats. You've got lots of things always going on, building your dream house. I love, you know, your shopping and looking for stuff and putting pieces together. So I know it's going to turn out amazing. But what does a day in your life look like? Uh, every day is a little different. Um, I usually wake up. So like for my real job, my production manager job, I can typically do my job between eight and noon. So I typically get in and get on our hours are nine to five thirty. But typically I get on and I'm on about by nine, usually like eight. And I just start doing my day with Cultivate. And then usually about noon, I'm caught up. And that's usually when I'll plan either if I'm going to go shopping to create content or if I want to um, go MagnaWave. I usually plan those later in the afternoon. It's been so hot in Texas here lately. I got to do it late in the afternoon. But typically, that's what my day is. Um, sometimes I throw in a workout in there. I haven't in a while, but we won't talk about that. I'm not a fitness influencer by any means. Well, how have you worked to create this life of balance and boundaries? And what has worked for you in shifting from Cultivate Heather to Content Creator Heather to MagnaWave Heather? Um, Honestly, I don't know that I... I, I am a great time manager and I definitely do my days in blocks, like time blocks. Like I said, um, from nine to 12, it's usually full on cultivate. And then I carry my phone or computer with me the rest of the day. But I think like, I am one of those people who likes to just throw myself into things and always be busy because if not, I tend to let my anxiety or my mind get to wondering and like, it kind of overwhelms me. So if I'm busy and making sure that I have something to do all day long, I can kind of avoid that anxiety, depression hole that I tend to get into when things are slow. So I am definitely an always committed type of person. I wouldn't say over committer because I definitely time block and I always have, you should see the notes app on my phone. My gosh, it's like tomorrow we're doing this, this and this. And I, people that don't get it would not get it. <laughs> They're definitely a type A type of person. And I feel like you have to be when you wear many hats or else you will definitely drop the ball. You're a yes girl. Yes. <laughs> I like to say yes. I'm a yes girl. So I get it. But also I can say no if needed. Like I, that's something I've had to learn in my professional life is to say no rather than say yes and drop the ball or something or to say no to protect myself. Um, 
run into instances like that. So the older I get, the more I am like, yes, no, maybe. Like, <laughs> Well, you have a unique sense of style. When I think of your style, I think of Western neon or kind of the words that I would put together. So how did you find your style? Um, I definitely take inspiration. Gypsy Jordy, she's a fellow Tarleton girl. I love her color. I think she calls it like ColourPop Cowboy. I've kind of coined the thing ColourPop Hereford. I have a room in my house that I'm doing that way. Um, so definitely I take inspiration from her. Kelly from Heritage Style, I love to take inspo from her and just her outfits. And I just feel like there's such a niche community of the stock show industry that hasn't been like the stock show fashion industry that hasn't been tapped into. And we are a fashion niche of our own. It is way different than anything. <laughs> I've like, it's not like rodeo fashion where you have your girls that are a little more punchy or a little more like traditional Western. You have your stock show girls who are, I would say more like me who wear your bright colors and your funky patterns. And especially in the pig barn that your pig showmen are going to wear your fancy things they may come for me for saying that but it's the truth and I think part of it is growing up as a millennial in the I went I was in high school from 2010 to 2014 and I showed goats mostly during that time and it was big bubble necklaces and hair jack to Jesus and these blingy belts that had more stones on them than a disco ball and I, I think I never truly like wanted to give that up like that was a horrible time for fashion, a horrible time, but it was so much fun. And now I feel like I can do it in a way that <laughs> maybe isn't as, I don't know. I may look back on a lot of my outfits and be like, oh girl, that's not it. But for now we're loving it. So I was really into lime green zebra print. Oh, Probably. you were one of those. <laughs> my so best I friend growing up was a lime green girl. And I would wear them with big chunky necklaces. My mom, like two of her really good friends had a jewelry business. And so I would like go help them make necklaces so that I could yeah. like, afford to buy my own. Oh, because they were so expensive. And for why? <laughs> and then those giant headbands and you wore it like straight across oh. your forehead. <laughs> those were my jam with the big mushroom head. I did some like going back to me being a Red Angus girl. I was the Texas junior Red Angus queen. I, it was like a whole personality trait for a while. And my crown was huge. And like to get it to stick on, my mom would have my hair jacked so big that, that it was like a full on, it wasn't a tiara, it was a full on crown. And to get that thing to stick on my head, like if I showed you pictures, y'all would be like, I would, I would probably be canceled. They'd be like, we're not taking fashion advice from you. I think that's what makes it even better. I just shared this week, like everyone gets a bad haircut in their life. And when I got mine, I thought I needed to use a whole bottle of gel on my hair, apparently. Oh. And I'm like, thank God for the glow up. Like, this is yeah. horrible. I know. Like, I mean, we thought we were doing something too. I, uh, we really thought. <laughs> I think I still think I'm doing something and I know I'm not. <laughs> same I'm like this one's the fit and people are like that one missed I'm like, okay well y'all keep me humble that's for sure well what is a piece of advice you would give someone or kind of what's your strategy when buying investment jewelry so bigger pieces um that you save up towards or you buy because you know they're you're going to keep them forever and pass them down to your kids 
Yeah. So I actually like posted about, I did a closet clean out and I sold my first ever piece of authentic jewelry because when I'm buying my jewelry, I, I like to think not more so much in trends, but, and I have trendy pieces like this little butterfly. I'm sure in 20 years is not going to be cool, but like your big expensive pieces that are more than the hundred, $200 range, they're heirloom pieces. And that's what it, Calvin and I, I keep telling ourselves when he buys me them, I'm like, one day we'll be able to pass this down to our kids and our grandkids. And I'm going to be that cool grandma that has this just like jewelry room full of beautiful heirloom pieces that one day they know that they'll get. And so that's kind of my goal. Um, and I think native jewelry is just such an art piece too. Like the craftsmanship that goes behind it and just, it's, like just respecting their culture and that's why I I I understand when people can't buy real like I know that it is an investment and it is expensive and I don't want to ever shame anybody for that but I also want people to realize like you're supporting a whole culture when you buy authentic native made pieces and so I try to you know I try to make myself feel better about my spending habits when I tell myself that I'm supporting <laughs> a native artist and I'm getting stuff I can pass down um but I always tell people like your your main pieces to invest in for sure like your Navajo pearls because they're never going to go out of style they go with a t-shirt or like what I'm wearing or fancy dresses I've worn them to weddings so they can go with everything and just turquoise is a good stone to start with because it goes with everything too so <laughs> Just find your pieces that you know you're going to wear and really invest in those pieces. Well, and you're really good about sharing where you buy things from when you do your outfit of the day or you showcase some of your jewelry. So if you're looking to go find some places to shop, you're definitely the girl to follow to do that. So kind of moving into that, one, where can people connect with you and how did you decide to start sharing content on social media? So the best way to connect with me, the, the place I checked my message, check my messages the most is Instagram. Um, just because it kind of, it, Instagram has a really cool feature where, where they will filter out certain words that I don't want to see. And I can like go in and do that. Um, so Instagram is a great place, place to message me. I have my email in my link tree somewhere in there <laughs> and you can find it there um for a while I had my me my TikTok messages turned off because people were driving me crazy just being rude and somehow they turned back on so you can message me there too now if you want to um but I got into TikTok and like content creation I've always been a very over I I'm an overshare just in general in real life too I'm the same way it drives Calvin crazy but <laughs> I got on TikTok actually during COVID as thinking that was so stupid and just an app for little kids. And then I got on there and I was like, oh, there's this, we actually, I actually, I guess, taking a step back. I got on there to step, to tell our story and connect with others through the infertility world. Um, Cause that's something that my husband and I struggle with. And it was also kind of a way, like all my friends were still in Stephenville or they're in Weatherford or all over. So it was a good way for me to be like, this is what's going on without me having to sit and text because I hate to text of all the things I hate texting so much I'm a call call me all day but so that's not what I started sharing about and then I made some friends on the app and I was like you know what I'm gonna start sharing about Magnawave nobody really talks about this and you know when you're early in TikTok it's all about trying to get 
the most views and wanting to be that influencer or whatever, but not really knowing what your niche is going to be and just putting it all out there. And then I started posting about MagnaWave and people were like, oh, this is really cool. And then I'd post MagnaWave videos and they'd be like, oh, we really like your outfit. Where's that from? And so then I'd start telling about my outfit and it's kind of become an, just a jumble of my life. It's, I guess I'm a lifestyle blogger if you will, because <laughs> I post about everything. There was one week I posted in one day, I think I posted three videos and one was about infertility. One was about like my outfit. And then one was about Magnum. And I was like, oh, well, th you're getting all the things here. So if you're here for one specific thing, just be prepared to get it all. <laughs> well, speaking of your husband, how did y'all meet and kind of talk about He's not real big into the social media world. He kind of does it just when he has to. So how do you balance, you know, doing your thing, but also not bothering him? So we met Sean Goats when I was eight and he was 10. And I had the biggest crush. on. We were in the same county. I had the biggest crush ever on him. I thought he was just the hottest little goat showman there ever was. And he always beat me in showmanship and it, Nobody ever beat me in showmanship, but Calvin always beat me in showmanship, and it made me crazy. And so I always had this crush on him. I swore up and down. You can ask any of my friends. I was going to marry that guy. And then I guess he was going into eighth grade, and they moved out to West Texas, and his dad runs a dairy out there. So they moved out there. We live in North Texas about five hours, and I was like, well, there goes that. No hope. And then I started showing cattle, and they had kind of – we did the goat thing. They had kind of moved to cattle. I started showing cattle. And at Fort Worth, my senior year, um, I had a botched job on my heifer, a botched clipping job on my heifer. And Calvin was walking around carrying his clipper bags. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's Calvin. And I was like, can you clip my heifers? They just, they're horrible right now. So he fit for me that weekend. We still had a crush on each other. Finally, then I realized he had a crush on me as well. Nothing ever came of that. Two years later, me and my best friend, Kinley, and if you hear her talk about it. She is the reason we're together. Go to Lubbock for a tech game. And I actually walk into Fuzzy's holding another guy's hand. And I see Calvin. And I he's going to kill me. For I drop that guy's hand. See, I told y'all I overshare. It is what it is. And I go and sit in Calvin's lap. And we've been together ever since. <laughs> so that's our love story. It is another one of those like God things got like I had literally messaged Calvin that weekend we were in Lubbock and I was like we're gonna be here would love to see you he left me on red so I was like all right that's cool and then it just so happened we end up together and here we are seven years later well I guess almost eight in November but um that way so yes Calvin is not a social guy he the only reason he is, even has a Facebook is for marketplace and to see his cattle stuff so that's all he really does. I made him an Instagram one time, kind of so he would like my pictures <laughs> so I could have one extra like. He doesn't get it. I don't even think he has the app anymore. He had TikTok for a while and then he got tired of that, deleted that too. So I don't know. He's Calvin is a trooper. He doesn't really, he'll gripe about it, but he just kind of lets me do my own thing. There are things he's like, hey, maybe I don't tell people that like I'd rather everybody not know that so I try to respect his boundaries in those areas but like I said I'm an oversharer and there are things that he just looks at me and he's like 
really. <laughs> but he's so go with the flow. It takes so much for him to get mad about anything. I can get him mad. It just, it's hard. <laughs> they don't get worked up over much. My brother's the same way. Like it really takes something to grind his gears. And I'm like, oh, uh -huh. I punch a hole through the wall right now. Like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> yes. And then they do get mad and you're like, oh, whoa, whoa. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> well, I love all the content you share. And if you could give anyone advice on the first steps in sharing content, putting more of your life out on social media, what advice would you give someone? To start recording. It's going to feel so cringe at first. And I know that's such a young person thing to say, and I'm not a young person, but it does. Like, People are going to look at you at first when you start recording things and they're going to think you're crazy, but it's fine. Like you're never going to get there if you don't start. And, you know, people like my friends in real life think that it's so goofy that I do these things and we'll be out like a couple of friends and I were at a winery one day and I was like, oh, I got to record a outfit of the day. And one of my friends recorded me as an influencer in the wild thing and they're going to give you a hard time. But then when you're getting free stuff all the time and the perks of influencing or whatever, then they're jealous. So how, just do it. It's no different than anybody else having their thing. Just go for it. My biggest piece of advice is to have thick skin because you are, no matter what you are sharing, you can be sharing baking on TikTok or on Instagram. People are going to come at you for something. They're going to be like, well, I can't eat eggs if you're a baker and you're just like, well, um, substitute. I don't know. People, you're just going to have to roll with the punches of mean people because there are mean people. I am very lucky that on social media, I typically, and I better knock on wood because once I say this, I probably will. I don't get a lot of hate on social media because I think people know better than, I, I think I kind of have that attitude of if you come at me, you will become after type of thing. Like, I'm not going to sit there and let you be ugly to me. It's not going to happen. And I think people know that. That being said, I still get comments all the time, not necessarily of people trying to be rude, but just them being. Nice. Yeah. Like just, and then like silly things. Like I got a message one day talking about one of our losses. Um, and she messaged, some girl messaged me. This is why my TikTok messages were off for a while. And she messaged me about how me magnawaving is the reason that I am infertile. I was like, honey, I was infertile before magnawave. And actually, there are studies that show that it improves your fertile fertility. So don't come at me. But you just have to have thick skin. You have to be willing to be made fun of and be that cringe person. I know you record things all the time, too. And I'm sure you fall, you fall into that. People being like, Especially with in with the TSCRA, so I'm sure these older men are like, "Who is? What is she doing? <laughs> what is she recording?" But you just gotta you gotta start somewhere, and you know, don't be embarrassed to make your best friend or your husband or whoever take a picture of you. Calvin has got his Instagram husband on lock. He is like got it going on now. At first, he was he was so embarrassed about it. Now it's just he, he gets to use it too. Yeah. Oh. Well, who is a dream collab or a company that you would love to work with? So I actually, like when you asked me this, I was really thinking, and I'm like, I, I've done it, which is crazy. I got to shoot with Hippie Cowgirl Couture a couple of times now, and it has just been like, and then I did 
some video collabs for them and stuff. And it was just, like, it's just so amazing. Again, back to the jewelry. You're wearing these pieces that I could, could never afford. Like, these beautiful just pieces of art that are, that you see the price tag and you're like, oh my gosh, like I have the, the honor of wearing this for even 30 minutes. It's just, so that was incredible to me. Like getting to do that. I remember Turquoise, Texas is, they had posted a model call and I was like, oh, Bailey and I became friends who is a social media person for Hippie Cowgirl in Turquoise, Texas. And we had been become friends on social. And when she, when they posted that, I was like, I'll apply. I probably won't get it because most models are size twos or and tall. <laughs> Everything that I am not. And I was like, I'll just fly. If I get it cool, if not, that's fine too. And then I got the Halloween shoot and I was like, oh, this is so awesome. And it and now it's we I have a relationship with all of them and it has just been so cool. Um I would like to one day, I don't know, my like ultimate goal and I think it would be so cool is to kind of do like what Heritage Style has done with Dryland Decor. Um, Kelly had like has done a Heritage Style by Dryland Decor. Like they go to market and they pick a couple pieces, and that's kind of their like they post about it and stuff. I think that would be so cool. I have never been to market, and everybody's like it's so overwhelming. You gotta I've go. Been... It's super overwhelming. I'm actually going tomorrow. But Are you? That's so it's awesome. So cool. My goal tomorrow is actually not to spend any money. Will that happen? Probably not. Yeah. Good luck to you. I already know I'd have to like save up to go. But that's my goal. Like like all the Wessa and stuff. I don't really know that like Wessa is my goal because I like I don't really think of myself as a Western fashion influencer. I feel like I'm like a talk show fashion influencer, which is one and the same, but not at all. Um, like it's not as much. It's a little different. I don't know. It's just it's very different. And I, I've had people ask me what the difference is, and I'm like. I don't really know. Like I, actually, it just is. I couldn't explain it, it either. If you're not in the stock show world, I feel like you would lump us together. But if you are in the stock show world, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a difference, <laughs> way different. But I think that would be so cool. Would would be to like have a collab with a boutique and go to market with them and pick things out and things like that. And then like really, really big dreaming, like be seven for all mankind, would be to do a collab with them. <laughs> but that that's real big. <laughs> Well, if you had a billboard, what would be on it and why? So working in marketing, I know how expensive billboards are. We had actually done some. Um, I, you, I don't know. I think I was like, it'd probably be my MagnaWave stuff. Honestly, if I was going to do it, might as well use that opportunity to have my MagnaWave out there. But I don't really know. I know you asked me that beforehand. And I, that was the one thing I didn't like think about I thought I would think about something on the top of my head and I have not so probably just like either Heather by seven for all mankind or actually hey you're speaking it into existence yeah one of these days when I get to like a hundred thousand followers and there's there's me and seven fam we gotta have it although I I have this conversation a lot with people I know the goal of social media and content creation is to grow but I and I've said this before like last year my goal was to hit 20,000 and I was like and then I think I want to be done I don't think I want to grow my account anymore because once you get past that 20,000 you start getting into people who are not always very nice to you and then I got 30 and I was like 
okay, this is good. I'm comfortable here. And now I'm at 35 and I'm like, I feel like 50 is like probably where I would want to like tap out. But then I say that I probably get to 50 and be like, I can handle a hundred. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I go back and forth all the time. Cause I, uh, I'm like, am I really cut out for this? If people start being really, really mean to me, if I have a video just absolutely blow up, am I going to be able to handle mean people or am I going to be able to handle stupid comments? Cause I, I, and I get just silly comments all the time too. That's like, Hey, where is that? And I'll have the place tagged in the video. <laughs> I'm not answering you. Context clues. It reminds me of like Dr. Andrew being like, no, you got to figure it out. Yes. Common sense. Yes. And it's so lacking. Instagram or TikTok, you need to be. Heather is someone who is fun, bubbly. She has great style. Like she said, she loves colors and fun patterns and her style is really unique and one of a kind, but also Heather is so real. Um, you have shared multiple times and multiple things about your infertility journey, and you've been very honest about what you're going through and what you and your husband have walked through in this journey. And from an outsider looking in, I just want to say that I really appreciate everything you share because it allows me to have a better understanding what you're going through, but also what friends and family are going through and how I can just best support them. So I just want to say your presence on social media is one of a kind. You have a great story to tell. And I know that the Lord is really using you in unique ways. Oh, thanks. And that's been my goal, especially here lately, is to be real because I spent a lot of part, and this is just me saying this too, I spent, I spent a lot of part of my life being a miserable little turd. Like, I've made a video about this a long time ago. Just being like a brat and ugly to people for no reason, because I was so miserable in my own life. And then you find yourself and it's like all of a sudden, oh, I, I can be a happy person. I can be happy for others. I can be nice to people. I don't have to cut others down to make myself feel better. So if you are, that's another thing. You're a young girl and you're watching this because you think I'm cool. Just know that it is so much better speaking from somebody who used to be a little just be nice. There's no reason to be ugly to people because one day you're going to be pushing 30 and you're going to realize it is not worth it. And that stuff can come around to bite you in the butt. Just saying, if you want to be a content creator or whatever, you better be willing to own up to your mistakes in the past. So the less you make, the better. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. It's been so fun and I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Basically Famous. I hope you've been inspired, challenged, and motivated to take on whatever today brings. Please be sure to follow us on social media at Basically Famous Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. We'll see you next week.